Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Be The Church podcast, where we are engaging in conversations that will encourage you to live out your faith in everyday context so that you can be the church. I am your producer, Isaiah Fetterman. I am one of your co-hosts, Theo Lightborn. Your other co-host, Kevin Anderson. If you're tuning in with us for the first time, welcome. We are currently going through Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald Whitney. It is a book that we've been going through for several weeks now, and we are now in chapter seven of the book, which is on serving. So hope you guys are excited. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about today. And before we do that, though, we always like to do a quick overview since we're going over spiritual disciplines and since we don't expect that everyone is necessarily listening to every single one of these, it helps just to get a quick recap. So to help people get up to speed, Kevin, what are spiritual disciplines? Spiritual disciplines are just uh, activities or things that we do or, or that we participate in uh, that are designed to drive us towards holiness and a greater worship of Jesus. Uh, these can be both personal, which are many of the disciplines that we've been covering uh, in this book and in our time and our podcast, uh, but they're also uh, what we would call corporate dis uh, disciplines as well, which would be things that we do corporately as the church together uh, that can also uh, have the same results as personal disciplines. Absolutely. And so not only are we curious as to what they are, but why would we talk about this for so many weeks? So with that, Theo, why are they important? Yeah, so spiritual disciplines are important because it's the way that God shows himself to us. And it's also the way by which we become more like God. Absolutely. So that being said, we now move into our specific discipline as we talked about our general ones. Uh, overview. Um, we are going to talk about serving today. Now, this is a word that arguably is a very common word, and you've heard many times in many different contexts, but as we're talking about it in terms of spiritual disciplines, um, what is or what does it mean to serve? I guess first, right, we should take a step back and just remember that when we talk about spiritual disciplines, we're talking about things that we make a proactive decision to work towards and participate in so it's something that uh, we are disciplining to use that that word mm -hmm. uh, ourselves to do uh, so when i think of service as a discipline i think about it in terms of what paul shares with us in philippians chapter 2 verses 3 through 4 where uh, he reminds the church of philippi do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. That's gonna, that, that little portion of that line is going to be super important. And he says this, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And so I, I take discipline um, specifically in regards to service to be making that shift intentionally 
from what can I get out of this situation? What, what is in this for me? Uh, really that self-centered lifestyle and moving right. towards a lifestyle of looking out for the interests of others and trying to meet their needs and interests, whatever they may be. Right. So in light of that then, uh, which really will put, um, but what does it look like, you know, when we look in our culture of seeing it as um, very, you know, serving isn't necessarily like the highest calling or something any special, uh, maybe even demeaning or lesser somehow, how do we look at it different in Christianity? Like what's the point of it, I guess? Yeah. I mean, the, the church obviously should have a different view on this overall. Um, I think primarily, and Theo, you can add to this, uh, when, I, when I think about how we should esteem leadership inside the church right. and how both individually I as a Christian should view service as a discipline and then how the church should be um, celebrating or esteeming service. We look at the example of Jesus in John chapter 13, where Jesus washes the feet of the disciples and goes on to tell them how uh, if anyone wants to lead or be a leader, they must serve to be a leader. And it, obviously, if you read the Gospels, you see acts of service littered throughout Jesus's life and ministry. I think one of the beautiful things we've seen as a church, as we've been studying the book of Acts, we see consistent servant leadership from the apostles anytime they go to plant a church. And so I think we need to do a shift of where we understand that service is uh, not a negative thing, but right. it's actually something like any of these spiritual disciplines that's designed by God to actually bring us joy. Yeah, I think that's a great distinction. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what's so interesting about that is in our culture, you know, people esteem uh, those who are in charge as the most important people. And yet the Bible is so countercultural in that way because Jesus tells us, as Kevin uh, said before, you know, one passage that talks about Jesus' servant leadership is John 13. And Jesus also says, for the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And so when we think about the fact that our Savior, the one who, who purchased our redemption, our Lord, our God, he came to serve others, like that is, that's, a, that's an overwhelming thought. And that should inspire us and motivate us to want to be like him, which is the purpose of us going through the disciplines now is to want to be transformed into his likeness. And so if the God of the universe came to this planet to serve others, um, how much more so should we be serving one another as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think when I think about our culture, right, it's designed to where we oftentimes want to get ourselves to a position or um, status in society where we want to be served by yeah. others. But that's not how things operate within the church. And one of the things I always have appreciated about um, our church is I think we have a good culture of service at our church that everyone kind of has an all hands on deck approach to things most of the time where it doesn't matter if you're uh, the lead pastor, uh, an elder, uh, staff here, uh, deacon leadership or gospel community leader, that the expectation of leadership, and this should be any church, 
the expectation of a leader is that you are a leader who serves, not someone who attains a position of leadership and then is served by others. And, and God demands this of us. I was sharing with you guys yesterday in the production meeting that one of the best bosses I've ever had in any job that I've ever uh, had was at Chick-fil-A. And as terrible as working in fast food can be, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was not what I would call a fun environment to always be right. in. The reason I loved my boss so much was during the lunch rushes when we were at our busiest time and when it was the most miserable to be working there because you felt like you just would never be able to make enough food and keep up with the amount of people that were <laughs> coming to get uh, some, some of their chicken sandwiches or whatever else it may be, uh, the Lord's chicken as we say here in the South, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That you felt like you could never keep up with what was going on. He was right there with us, waiting on customers, helping make chicken, uh, helping people bag the food or whatever else. And that just spoke volumes to me as a 15-year-old, 16-year-old male. Like, well, yeah, this stinks. But the guy who's making the most money and is the highest up the leadership chain here at this particular store is right in here doing it with us. And so did I love it? No. Did it make it a more enjoyable and joyful environment when I felt like, well, he can relate with me, so this isn't really worth complaining about? Yeah, and it actually ended up setting a great and beautiful example for me of how to approach leadership later on down the line as well. Yeah, for sure. That's a great example. Um, though I must uh, ask if we could ever uh, dig up and find any pictures of a young 15, 16-year-old Kevin in a Chick-fil-A uniform. I am confident that if you wanted to reach out to my mother, she would give you whatever you want in that regard. Absolutely. That's good. So I guess uh, uh, the next question, just going off of this line of thinking about what this is, uh, service, um, what does it mean and look like for it to be a discipline, Theo? Yeah, let me just double down for a second on something Kevin said uh, sure. a moment ago. You know, he said that at our church, one of the prerequisites to being a leader to be in leadership is to serve. Um, and, and, and that should be the case at every church, but every person that exercises in a leadership position in our community, in our local body, they serve the church, they serve the Lord in some capacity. That is just something that's just a part of our culture. I, I was very fortunate in the church that I was in uh, before I came to Aletheia that every single person in that church served in some capacity in some area of the church. Up until that point, I'd never been in a church like that where literally every believer had an area of ministry, uh, which is amazing and just shows the, the, the premium that we place on servant leadership, uh, which should be the case at, at all churches. And so like if you're looking for a church, you're trying to find a place to be connected to, look for that. Look for a place where the people serve the Lord uh, consistently. Yeah, absolutely. So to, to get to your question, uh, you know, yep. what, what makes uh, serving a spiritual discipline? Uh, well, the thing that makes serving a spiritual discipline is the fact that you have to be disciplined to do it. Um, yeah. our, our natural tendency is to be lazy. Our natural Amen tendency, as Kevin said a second ago, is to be self-absorbed, um, is to want to be at a position where we tell other people what to do, but we do as little as possible. Um, and so if we're going to be able to be faithful to the Lord and what he's called us to do, we're going to have to be disciplined in the actions and the attitudes of serving. 
Um, it takes it takes focus. It takes intentionality. Um, as we've been saying with all of the spiritual disciplines, they don't just happen, but you have to be intentional in these actions. So that's 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 what I would say in terms of of what makes this a spiritual discipline. Yeah. Um, and then there's so many um, avenues by which you could serve. So on one side, you have public serving and things that people do that are very obvious, um, very uh, overt, yeah. such as uh, teaching. You know, we have gospel community leaders here at our church that lead our small groups. And so they are like frontline service in the church because they have that role of teaching. Um, and then you have the elders and the other church leaders here uh, who preach. And so that's, that's, those are examples of public serving. But then you have private serving, uh, which is um, the, the area of service that is uh, most prevalent, um, but that's also the most unseen. Um, and so people who serve like, like privately, people who serve quietly, people who serve in like unknown areas are those people who uh, do things such as take care of our children. Uh, so, so frequently we don't see the people that take care of children because we're in the main service, uh, but each and every Sunday there are people that take care of the, the children. Um, such as the people that set up um, for our church, that set up our room and that break down our room. Uh, there are people who uh, just organize everything so that when we come into service, uh, the service is ready to go. And so oftentimes those, those private areas of serving artists yeah. aren't seen very frequently, uh, but they're so important. And so there's, there's so many ways in which uh, you could serve and you can be disciplined in this action. Yeah, I definitely think one of the best places to find uh, the truly servant-hearted are at uh, any event or party where dishes need to be washed and they're the ones in the background washing dishes while everyone else is doing their thing. So I think those are a special kind of people. That's where to find them. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, going along with our usual questions, because we, we tend to hit a lot of questions that are the same every time because they are questions that need to be answered every time with each spiritual discipline. Um, but going along those lines, why is serving important? Yeah, as we talked about earlier, it's commanded, right? So, you know, Paul gives that command in, in Philippians chapter two, Jesus teaches it in John chapter 13. Um, but I, I'll just, I'll say this, right? In uh, wanting to serve, there can kind of be this weird dichotomy where, well, I don't feel like serving, so I'm not going to serve, or I'm not being served, so I'm not going to serve, or I don't know how to serve, so I'm not going to serve. And I think one of the, this discipline in particular kind of uh, involves the least amount of training <laughs> necessary to do it. True. It's just one of those things where see a need step in and fill it. Mm. You know, I, I mean, almost anybody can wipe down a table or help stack up chairs yeah. or help someone with things to their car or, you know, mow somebody's grass, you know, in the neighborhood if, if they need help. I, I think this is just one of those areas where like, this is an extremely easy discipline to do from a practical standpoint. Yeah. It is a difficult one from a mentality standpoint. And the real hard work comes from just disciplining yourself to say, no, this, this is a command of the Lord that I must be obedient towards. And it is for my good, my joy and his glory for me to do this. And, and 
when necessary, right? Repentance needs to occur, right? When uh, we are not approaching this discipline with the proper mindset. I think one, I have never in my life served somebody and regretted it. Never. I may have been disappointed at their reaction, right? Or not have received the accolades that I might've wanted in return in some way, shape or form. And that's a different discussion for a different day, but I've never been disappointed or sorrowful that I served someone else just out of a desire to serve. True. Can I give you a little bit of insight into like what like motivates me in those moments? You know, one, one of the things that motivates me in those moments is, is to think about the fact that everything I do ultimately God sees mm-hmm. like nothing is missed by him and he keeps perfect records of every deed done so much so that Jesus uh, would say, whoever gives um, a cup of water to one of these little ones, um, it's as though they've given it all to him and he will by no means lose his reward. Uh, like God sees significance. And even when we give cups of water yeah. to others, And so, like, I hope that that, like, motivates you to be inspired to do as much as you can do in all of the little ways and all of the big ways to serve God because he sees and records and keeps record of every single action. And you will by no means lose your reward. There's a a guy in our church who I was talking with a couple of months ago before COVID hit. And... He's just in a really busy season of life. He's got multiple kids. Um, he, he's got a, a pretty demanding job. And he was just saying, you know, like, he's like, hey, I really miss um, the ability to be in gospel community at our church the way that I, our family used to be able to. But it's just, you know, it's not feasible for us in this season and stage of life with what we've got going on. He said, so I've made it my commitment to be involved, to serve as much as I can early on Sunday mornings. And, you know, he said, you know, he's like, man, I'm, he's an overnight nurse. And I was, I was saying to him, I was like, man, that's a, that's a big commitment. He goes, you know, I thought so myself too. He's like, but here's, what's the really cool thing. One, I get to bring my oldest son and he gets to serve with me and see me serve. And I get to display to him that this is kind of the, the DNA of our family. But then something he else, something else that he said to me that, that really struck me. He's like, but other people were here serving. And now my primary community in our church is people that I'm serving with to help set up and do things with on Sunday mornings. And I'm praying with those people. They're checking in on me. He said, so I still have that community. It just looks different than it did before. And it's all because God uh, laid it on my heart to find this avenue and to serve in this way. And I just thought that was really beautiful because when oftentimes when we, we, you know, originally it looked like a burden. And by the time he was telling me this and sharing this with me, he was viewing it as a privilege because he was still, uh, the Lord was meeting him in that felt need that he was, it doesn't mean it was easy with the work he was doing. I mean, he was out in the heat putting out signs and helping set up uh, things and tear things down. But he viewed it as a privilege to be able to once serve the Lord and make the experience on Sunday for somebody um, more simplistic and um, more inviting. But it also was an opportunity where God met him and brought joy to him because he was able to make friends and 
have community with other like-minded men and women to encourage him in this particular season that he's in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely think there's a beauty in serving alongside others. I know that, uh, you know, as you were talking earlier about leadership, like for me, it's such a motivation for me to serve when I see others serving well, being like, ah, I don't want to make them do that all alone. Like I, I like when people lead, it inspires others to, you know, come alongside them and also help as opposed to like, like saying, Hey, you do this or you do this. Like when you do something and others come alongside, it's just a beautiful thing. And I think you definitely get to see that, uh, in a lot of opportunities where you do see those very, uh, humble servants, uh, who are leaders in serving for sure. Absolutely. So as we kind of look at serving, you know, one of the aspects we might think about, obviously, uh, there's millions of ways to serve, but one of the ways we want to press into, as you know, we, we think about what the book talked about and what we kind of want to talk about is, uh, looking into more specifically how we're talented and gifted. And when it does talk about, uh, spiritual gifts in the Bible, what are ways we can kind of find out and learn those gifts and learn those specialities that we have in serving? Yeah. Well, one scripture calls service a gift. So there's, there's certain people that, um, they have a special, um, disposition given by the Lord to just, they want to serve people. They don't really care what it is. They don't care how they do it. They're just always looking for opportunities. And I just always say you, if you've been a part of a church community for any any given amount of time, you can spot those people from a mile away. I mean, one, one lady I think of in our church, she had been at this church for almost no time at all. And like one Sunday I like walked into our little kitchen area and she was in there washing all the dishes that had been laid (laughs) out from the hospitality that day. And I'm like, this is just a lady who just serves. Like she just serves well and wants to serve other people. And, you know, she's got a reputation now of just having a servant's heart. So one, I'll just say that there is a, there is a special disposition that the Lord gives to some people. Um, in regards to just your question about spiritual gifts in general, though, uh, one, study the biblical foundations of mm-hmm. spiritual gifts. There's multiple places throughout scripture that talk about that. First uh, Corinthians 14 is a big one that comes to mind. Ephesians chapter four uh, also addresses the, the topic. First um, Corinthians chapter 12 will as well. There's, there's a number of places where spiritual gifts are covered. Um, I think you're more so asking the question of like understanding our spiritual gifts and then using them to serve though, if yes. I, I'm understanding the question correctly. So uh, there are a number of ways to approach that one, just really for the, I think for the most part, there are many, many giftings out there. Some of them maybe not even necessarily explicitly um, right. said in scripture, but that something we could be gifted in. Like there's no um, passage in scripture that I've come across that has said, uh, God has dispositioned certain people towards having a gift for uh, audio and video and technical right. abilities. And yet there are people with those abilities and they serve the church by using them. Josh, you are one of them right. in the ways that you have served our church faithfully, especially in the midst of COVID-19, where you've uh, recorded sermons and recorded worship and then edited that video so that other people would be able to worship on Sunday. That's not in a, an express command inside of scripture that some people right. have that ability and yet the Lord has gifted you with the ability to do that and you've used that. So one, I would just say some of your natural abilities or maybe what you're trained in educational wise or whatever else can be an avenue where that comes out and you see that in, and play. If you're sitting there, they're like, well, I don't know how to serve or I don't know where I can serve and where I would be most useful. The number one piece of advice I always give people is just go do something. Yeah. Right. Go do something and then 
you know, figure it out. Figure it out. You know, like I, I did not know that I had a gift for teaching the Bible until I started reading the Bible and then teaching what I was learning yeah. to other people. I did not know that I had a gift for evangelism until I started doing it and started doing evangelism both personally in my yeah. life and with other people's and training other people how to do it. Uh, some people that I, I know have the gift of encouragement figured out that they have the gift of encouragement by just being around people and trying to be encouraging to other people. So number one, just, you know, go do something, whether it's serving in your church's children's ministry or helping with set up or tear down or go clean a toilet, man. I mean, you want to talk about like a quick way to love on a family that will never know you did that, but is super impactful. Clean the bathrooms for your church. And, and take that off somebody's plate. And man, like if, if I go into a place and the bathrooms are disgusting, I'm not particularly pumped about that place, you know? And so, you know, and there are people at this church where they do that type of thing. So one, just go serve. And then in that, another thing you can do is, you know, receive some outside wisdom from others, you know, asking yeah. a friend, Hey, what do you think I would, you know, be good at? What would be good for me? Um, to uh, use my gifts and my talents to serve yeah. you know, my local church. What, where might I be of most use and effectiveness? And then be willing to hear what they actually say. Because yeah. if you have a gift for teaching or you think you have a gift for teaching, but your congregation doesn't need that, but they might need somebody that's going to <coughs> cook a meal or whatever else yeah. it may be, go and do that for a while yeah, and, yeah, and you'd be surprised at how God can meet you in that space yeah. and use you in that way. I definitely think so, one of the most impactful things that uh, you ever shared uh, as we, you know, our smaller church or were um, kind of relative. I know it really is. <laughs> um, we're a medium sized church. Yeah. <laughs> but with that, like one of the biggest challenges was, if you see a gap or a need, then, you know, maybe that's God or the Holy Spirit calling you to be like, hey, like you have an eye and an understanding for that. Maybe you're the one who should step into that role that's needed and recognizing that we have desires and we see certain needs and things based on what we're being called to do and the ways we're called to serve. And I think that's a huge way of just like, what has the Lord put on your heart in terms of what you feel needs to be done and just moving towards that? Absolutely. Probably just the last thing you could do if you're confused on what your gifts might be or ways you can serve is you, there, there are tests out there that you can take things like strength finders or spiritual gift tests. I, I'm usually not super high on those things. Not because I don't, not that I don't think that they're helpful or truthful. I just think we overcomplicate the process, to be honest. It, yeah. it has more to do with, I just think like, yeah, I don't need a bunch of people to take a test. Like, here's just some things to do. Let's just do it. Let's just go figure it out. You know, like I'm famous for, um, if you come up and you know me in our church and there's something that needs to be done, you're like, Hey, yeah, we can have this conversation, but you need to help me pack these chairs up while we, while we have it. Or, Hey, there's a new, yeah, we can, we can talk, but we're going to talk with the new visitor. That's just coming yeah. over there. Come over there and meet that person with me. And then if you've really been around for a while, what I'll often do is walk over, introduce myself, talk to that person for five minutes, then awkwardly <coughs> be there with them, forcing you to have a conversation <laughs> with them. Yep. Uh, that is strategic and uh, holy. 
uh, as the Lord would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, you know, one of the things that's uh, that's interesting about that is the fact that sometimes you got to figure out things that you're not gifted at doing. So don't don't be afraid to fail Amen. and to realize that Amen. you're not gifted in that area and to pivot. <laughs> that's yes. that's that's okay. It's, it's 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 okay to fail and to realize that God has gifted you for this other thing and maybe not that thing. Amen. Very, very true. That's why we're a body and have different roles. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the last question I want to kind of get into is something that we've hit on several times as we've already been talking, but maybe just hitting on it more specifically and maybe some uh, ways to process through it. But what are some of the barriers of serving Theo? Yeah, so there's several things that are barriers to serving. Uh, one of them that we mentioned before is this laziness you know, that we have this natural inclination uh, to, to do as little as possible um, and to get people to do as much as possible for us. Uh, I know that one of the things I used to always laugh about um, whenever I was uh, in my, my previous career field is how amazing it would be to me that people would try to uh, work as little as possible and make as much money as possible. Um, and that's just like the, the natural inclination of people uh, to, to do little and to gain much. Uh, for themselves um, and not necessarily for others. And then another barrier, uh, not just laziness, but also pride. Um, You know, like we oftentimes become so self-absorbed and so focused on what we can get, what we can receive, that we don't look beyond ourselves uh, to be able to give to others. And pride can be a very big barrier for a lot of people um, in their service uh, to cause them not to want to uh, contribute uh, because they're, just think about themselves. Another thing is a desire for recognition. You know, so many people want to be in a spotlight. They want to be out front. Uh, they want people to see them. And that's always something that we try to, to discourage is that desire to be um, out front. Um, because if that is the primary motivation is to receive recognition, then that's going to lead you down very dangerous paths in life. Um, you know, that, that desire, that is not a Christian attitude. One of the things that we haven't talked about uh, as explicitly um, is humility um, and how humility is just a central tenet of the faith. Uh, you look at our Savior, and he was a humble lamb. Um, you know, he, he made um, as little waves as possible. He was just as gentle as can be. And that humility that the Lord showed us is what we should also emulate to have as well. Um, and that's that's a very, very important thing whenever you're looking at, um, you know, the barriers to serving is the fact that some people seek recognition. Um, and then the last one is so many people, um, you know, just to kind of um, put all of those things together. So many people desire to be served rather than to contribute. Uh, they want to receive rather than to give. Um, and Acts tells us that uh, that Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Um, and so like that mindset and that mentality that we're to give um, should be our, our primary motivation. Um, as we know, it's more blessed to give than, than to receive. You know, that most famous of all texts, John three sixteen says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, true love manifests itself in giving. And if you truly love someone, you're going to want to give to them. I always tell people that uh, one of the interesting things about my life is that I was, I had a, uh, my youngest brother was born when I was 17. And this really cool thing happened to me is as I got older, I began to uh, look forward to Christmas, not so much because of the things that I would get, 
but to see his face light up when he would get things that he wanted. Um, and so uh, for, for so many years now, what Christmas has become about for me is to look at my youngest brother, uh, his excitement over receiving things. And that's kind of a window in my life into where Jesus was able to show me that it is more blessed to give than to receive. The things that I get are not as valuable to me even as it is to see him light up over the things that he gets. Um, and, and so those are, those are things that we should consider and think about as we think about those barriers to service. Uh, one, one of the, the things that, um, that the book ended with that I thought was so good uh, was this encouragement to serve. Um, and uh, it was this quote, it said, wanted gifted volunteers for difficult service in the local expression of the kingdom of God. Motivation to serve should be obedience to God, gratitude, gladness, forgiveness, humility, and love. Service will rarely be glorious. Temptation to quit place of service will sometimes be strong. Volunteers must be faithful in spite of long hours, little or no visible results, and possibly no recognition, except from God for all eternity. And that's, that, that's what God has called us to. That's, that's what he has called us towards. Uh, but we know that forever the Lord will recognize our work of service because none of our labors are ever in vain. And that's, and that's just what 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says. It says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. There is nothing that you do, and let me put it positively, everything that you do, God sees and will reward. None of it is in vain. He will forever take care of you for giving back towards him. And the great thing about God is that as John 3, 16 said, God is a giver and God will always outgive us. We will never, ever be able to outgive God. You know, you think about people you like mean that, Kevin. like prosperity theology, right? <laughs> Not at all. Like if I, if I give, God will give me a beamer. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is, this is in, in, in eternal uh, riches. That's gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> opposed to earthly riches. Man, okay. <laughs> I was actually going to say, you know, you, you have Kevin here who's a pastor and who serves faithfully uh, his, his local church and who gives so much. And yet so few people um, are, are grateful for that and thankful for that as they should be. And yet God is going to be able to give back towards him so much more than he ever gave. And mm-hmm. God's going to recognize every single thing. And so if he's always striving for the esteem of God, he knows that ultimately God will take care of him for all of eternity, primarily in giving his son, you know, primarily the best thing that God could ever give us is Jesus. There's nothing higher or better than Jesus. And then everything else is just, you know, the, the, the cherry on top, the streets of gold and whipped cream or whatever you like on your (laughs) Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, The the mansions, all all, all that stuff is just the extras. (laughs) Yeah. As my sons would say, it's like the extra toppings you get when you go to the frozen yogurt shop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bother. (laughs) So, yeah, absolutely. And and thank you for that encouragement at the end. I think that's just a a really good reminder of getting an eternal perspective when it comes to serving and even disciplines in general in knowing that there really is a mindset for us as believers that goes beyond just this life, but also towards like what is to come in eternity. And I think that's something that we always need to keep in mind for sure. So um, that being said, Kevin, Theo, do you have any last thoughts? Yeah, just you'll, you'll never outgive God. 
go serve. Yeah, absolutely. So if you find yourself not serving, we strongly encourage you find a way to serve. It doesn't need to be big. It doesn't need to be grandiose. It just be faithful and go serve. And what did the, what did the prophet Shia LaBeouf say? Just, just do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Uh, I'm probably not even saying that guy's name right, am I? Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. There you go. Right. Boof. Oof. We, we apologize, Shia. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt, I doubt he's worried about what every pastor in Florida is saying about yeah. him. Ever say never. Says on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But that being said, uh, thank you all for listening. Um, we will continue next week, uh, on the topic of stewardship. Well, not next week or not next week, the week after the next time we speak, it'll be on the topic of stewardship. Um, so tune in with us then, uh, as we get near the latter half of this book and are starting to finish up, uh, we will need topics to talk about. And we would love for you, as always, to email us at podcast at com, And we will uh, gladly respond and even continue this conversation if you'd like to with maybe some questions you may have. Uh, we now have a our own website page, so it's easier to find all of our things and get connected and just different ways you can listen and follow. Um, and it is on the Alethea Gainesville, uh, website and feel free to go ahead and, uh, find us there and all the links required. So, and again, if you have any questions, email us, but with that being said, uh, thank you for listening. Go and be the church. Sounds like your Wi-Fi card just sucks. Oh, anyways. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being persecuted, Lord. <laughs>